0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network.
1: The former Arkansas Razorback baseball player, Tyler Spoon...
0: We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable, also a two-time Dan Levitard Show SUI winner, and (laughs) the former head athlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain.
2: D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitz
1: And current Razorback freshman star Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate, a former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. A razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley.
3: Here are your hosts, Kyle
0: Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes.
1: Welcome in to episode 220 of the one and only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Heinemann Services studios. I am your host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside... Porter Hayes and Coach Kevin Bohannon. And whether you're listening on 106.7 The Buzz 2 or your favorite podcast forum, we appreciate you guys for coming to hang out with us. If you're on one of the forums, be sure and hit that subscribe button if you have not already. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could please be so kind to leave us a five-star rating and a written review to help us continue to get our name out there and reach more people. The show is brought to you, as always, by our fe- by our friends at Bet Online. They have you covered for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated website and interface plus more odds, props, and bet BetOnline continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 100% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for all of your favorite sports to bet on. Bet online, your online sports book experts. The Razorbacks came down to life getting shut out by quite possibly the top team in America, the Georgia Bulldogs, 37 to nothing, pure domination and also plenty of self inflicted wounds from beginning to end. But overall, I think the Razorbacks are still in a great place. I had actually tweeted out during the game that this is kind of what you get, at least from some of you who took too much of a look at Texas and Texas A&M at their ranking and not really the state of where their football team is right now. I'm not saying we all did that, but there was definitely plenty that were guilty of it and you could see from the tweets, you could see from the Facebook post. And Porter, I'll start with you first and get your thoughts, but all in all, Georgia is a team of full-grown men. We have guys with hearts and desire and plenty of experience but talents talent-wise we just can't compete with the elite in the country right now, which there's only maybe about two or three of those teams.
0: The, the way that just D- Georgia dominated that game from the start. I mean, it was one of them things where, you know, you, you try to get things rolling. you got to, you know, you got to match up with their scoring. And when, when you only total 162 yards of offense, you only had 87 yards passing and 75 yards on the ground. That's, that's not going to cut it against many teams at all. But Georgia just imposed their will. And I, i for one, I'll say it, I was totally wrong. I think I was the only one on here that, that said Arkansas would win. I just felt something different with this team. I've, I didn't see enough that, you know, you said, like you said with Texas AM and Texas, I looked at the same criteria and I misjudged it how looking how they played against a team like Clemson and couldn't get offense generated with the defense. And I was comparing Arkansas's defense to, to Georgia or to Clips's defense. But it just seemed like Kirby Smart had a plan for this team and that familiarity that we talked about with Sam Pittman and they got after him. And you know getting that punt blocked again, special teams. I mean when it's going good, it's going good. But when you have a moment like that, it's almost like with the Texas game with the, the muff punt and if that would have went Texas's way, it could have changed the whole game. Look what happened with this block punt. When that block punt went in the end zone and Georgia recovered it, it was like the whole air was let out of the team, and it just they just could not recover from that moment.
2: We won a coin toss. Deferred. We won something. And I, it, I just kept being reminded by the, the famous quote, sometimes it's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmies and the Joes. And those are some big, fast, strong Jimmys and Joes. When you have a 6'6", 360-pound nose guard that can shuck a block from an all-SEC center and get to the edge and tackle a running back, that's when you know things aren't just going your way. Uh, there are some things that can be cleaned up. I, I expected 27-10, 27-13 just because this Georgia team is different. I think if they had an elite quarterback, not, set, not taking anything away from Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels, but this would be a once in an every ten year team type deal for them. This is probably the best team that they've ever had because they're stacking those four and five stars. The guy who blocked the punt number forty seven was a five star recruit. He's on special teams. Mm. Arkansas doesn't mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. that. Arkansas doesn't have that right now, and we're we're gonna get there. You know, Sam Pittman he took he took this personally, which he should have. And every player should have, you know, every game moving forward is a defining game within this program, just because we were in uncharted territory from the past five to 10 years. So, uh, I mean, there's not much more you can say other than that. And they're going to get back on track. Uh, they have to, because if they don't, the season can spiral out of control very quickly.
1: And just like you said, Kevin, we we definitely have talent on this team, but and and Am has has out uh, I guess you could say recruited us in terms of the class ranking Texas out recruited us in terms of the class ranking but I think that we definitely play and just like you saw on Saturday from Texas a and against Mississippi State, I don't know what's going on I don't know if they just have such a bad. I didn't see much of that game so I don't know if it was the quarterback situation that A&M has with Haynes King being the guy that they need but then again we really didn't see a whole lot of him this season before he went down but I, I just don't know how hard Texas or Texas AM is playing right now Texas has definitely rebounded and they've blown out pretty much everybody that they've played since us but this is a team at Georgia, and Trey Biddy had said it multiple times. I, I like the point that he made on one, on his segment on 103.7 each day about how, well, the thing about Georgia compared to Texas and A&M is this team has the heart, and they've also got all those five stars. And they've got, I think it was like around 45 stars since 2017, 2018. I, I don't know that's the exact number, but I know it's around that range. And we've had like five or six five stars in the last 25 years or something and so yes (laughs) it is all it's about heart no question what grant morgan has brought to this team we've harped on it so much in the last year or so about what him and so many other guys have brought to this team hayden henry has been all over the place but the jimmies and the joes it all goes back to that i am a big proponent of it's not always about the five star we've seen plenty of two star and three stars that have been on national championship teams that have gone on to have success in the nfl but who is it that's always right there in the college football playoff or winning it it's the alabamas it's the clemsons occasionally it's the oregon's OU might get blown out every time that they get there but they recruit well and it shows that could because they have been in so many college football playoffs Sam Pittman, I don't know that he's going to get quite the recruits. I I believe that he can because he's shown throughout his career, especially that, that offensive line that he built whenever he was at Arkansas originally. There was I don't think one of those guys was a five-star. The closest one that was 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 Frank Ragnow, who was a high four-star. Denver, four star. Kirkland. Denver well, Kirkland was really high. He was yeah. really high, too, so I think he was actually a high four-star. But I don't know that Sam Pittman can get the guys on paper that he got at Georgia, all those five-stars that he brought in. But I definitely believe that he can build an offensive line similar to that because right now our offensive line, they're pretty good against the teams, like we have mentioned, that are not elite, that have – and look – Kevin you pointed out this is going to be a historically good historically good defense could be a historically good team if they had an elite quarterback but they were able to run the ball they didn't whether it was JT Daniels or whether it was Stetson Bennett they were just going to have to hand the ball off yesterday because that's exactly what they did and they were very effective at it because they've got two five-star running backs back there and they I think they've actually got three five-star running backs and they um, they've also got plenty of across the offensive line too so yeah, this is definitely one that I, I'm kind of on this. – I'm in the middle of the people that are saying that Arkansas is overrated. I definitely don't think that they're overrated. I think that social media, mainly Arkansas fans and some national pundits,
2: really overrated. Yeah, really fit into them. it a lot.
1: That's, that's where I come yeah. from on that. And so I think that this is definitely a team that could probably win seven or eight still, but you're definitely not there ready to compete for a top five – to be a top five team in the entire country or number one, as some said.
0: You, you just look at the hype that Arkansas brings. And I was thinking about this yesterday, watching the game and just how everything was unfolding. We, we know how Arkansas fans react to any kind of publicity and, and mentions they get when you mention Arkansas and how good they're doing. I, I'm just wondering, you know, they give them that ranking. To and brought game day to get that exposure, to get that hype, and to really get Arkansas fans excited over, you know, where the team's at. And we we can sit here and say that they're not, you know, the number eight team in the nation. We're going to find out. This is going to be the most important game of their season, Uh, how they bounce back off this beating that they got by Georgia and playing another top team like Ole Miss, who just come off a loss, a similar loss to Alabama. But what I was thinking is just did did the media really push this and hype this up just because they knew that it would get more attention because of the Arkansas fan base and how they react to it and the craze and the publicity. And if the game turned out the way it did, they're like, well, we got it wrong, you know, and we'll bump them down to 13th and then we'll just go from there.
2: Here's the deal. They have to rank 25 teams. Now, the, the space between those 25 teams is not measured. It's it's measured on the field. It's not measured in a poll. Uh, and I had a good buddy point this out yesterday, and I think all three of us will agree that there's Alabama, there's Georgia, and then there's a big old gap, and then there's mm-hmm. everybody else. So oh, yeah, definitely. W- they have to put us somewhere. Because we we beat number seven at the time, they've lost two straight. Texas is getting back on their feet. They had a tough game against Kansas State, but or excuse me, that was Oklahoma. But Texas, you know, they're they're getting their feet back under them. So here here's what way I see it: they have to rank them somewhere. And it, it was a great story. So that that sets the entertainment side up of it. You know, that sets all that up. Would they have been better going to Alabama on this? No. You know that game was forty two to seven at one point. So, you can't always predict it, but you can listen to Vegas and say, okay, the line started out at 18 and a half, and we were like, man, that's too high. Well, you know, it turned out double that. So, they they have a good idea of what they're doing over there, it seems like. Yeah. Same thing with Alabama and Ole Miss. So, I don't think – I've always – I don't think we're a top 10 team, but we could be because based on who's three through 10 right now. Okay, so – Oregon got beat by Stanford, who's 3-2 and two on the year. Stanford came in that game 2-2. Two and two. Ohio State is ahead of them. I think they're like number seven now in the AP poll. Uh, Oregon beat Ohio State. All right. Uh, Oklahoma, they've struggled big time. Beat West Virginia, 16-13. Uh, beat Kansas State 32-27, or 37-31 yesterday. And Kansas State, you know, had an onside kick to get that game, you know, to drive for a score. So, You could jumble pretty much all those teams up, and I bet it would be a a 50-50 split, 60-40 split on if you played 10 times. Arkansas is getting back in the mix of that. And, okay, this is the first time that Arkansas has been relevant in the Twitter era. yeah,
1: 2010,
2: 2011, Twitter wasn't real big. So
0: we have to get used to that as a fan base. Yeah. Well, and to add on to that, I was another point that I was thinking on the other side of my argument was you're you're the eighth team in the country and you got beat by the number two team. You're supposed to lose that game. So how they rank and how they say Arkansas got blown out and Ole Miss got blown out and they push them way back, to me that doesn't really say you're not still the eighth best team in the country. You got beat by the number two team in the country – who, like we just said, if if not are number one team, how they have looked offensively and defensively? I mean, other than Alabama yesterday against Ole Miss, but there's an inside liar to that game. I mean, Alabama Ole Miss has turned into like a rivalry because of Lane Lane and um, Saban. They want to beat each other, and then pl- plus, you know, what Kiffin, you know, popped his mouth off about the popcorn and then threw his little headset down, and they just got housed. You know, there's there's a little bit more into that, but. It does not mean that you're still – could not be the number eight team in the country, but it just – it just thinks you're looking at on-the-field play and it's hard to say are they the number eight team in the country – only getting 160, hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy yards of offense.
1: Well and and Alabama's about the only team that you probably look at for the rest of the year and you're like, we cannot win that. I mean, look, Kendall Bryles may not have called the greatest game and a lot of that was just because we couldn't do do much. Now I don't know about swing passes on third down and stuff, but I don't completely put this on him. I mean, you want you want to look at incompetent coaching staffs, look across the state at Jonesboro at what they got right now. That that's clear. That, yeah, that's that's just clear as as mud to me right now. Now, a lot of the things most that complete
2: doing. game they played all year, and you get blown out and give up 500 yeah. yards rushing, 10 Ooh. yards per carry. Get out of yeah. here! So, I mean, Dad. that's yeah. A,
1: we, yeah, you want to look at incompetent coaching staff, so you can just look across the state right there. I don't know what's going on over there, but then again, it is Butch Jones, so it doesn't really. Surprised me a whole lot, but there is still so many goals in reach. You've got the – and Steve Sullivan actually had mentioned about the gimme game to uh, to Arkansas Pine Bluff, and Missouri's looking awful right now. Eli Drinkwitz is just getting pummeled from what's going on there Mississippi State I, I don't buy them look I, I can't even tell you the amount of text that I got over because they they threw for 400 yards and I always trash that offense okay congratulations every week they do that yeah congratulations <laughs> that let yeah. me know let me know when they actually uh win the win a conference title or even get to the conference championship I think Mike leach is I think he might have won a division title or, or two in his twenty he years. He had Michael Crabtree went
2: twelve and one that year. Yeah, that was uh, when they in 9, 08, 08, 9 Yeah, of those years. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. When they, and if it they wouldn't Texas. have been
0: for that missed tackle against Texas, they wouldn't have won. Them. Yeah, they, yeah, they they would have been. So they it. got really lucky in that Texas game.
1: Well, and that's the thing too is there's so many. It is complete. It's literally like you guys said. It's Alabama and Georgia in each division and in the entire country. Now I know that number three lost Oregon. They to Stanford on Saturday. Now, you got to keep in mind they didn't have their offensive coordinator, Joe Moorhead. I think he was out with COVID, but nonetheless, he was still out of the game. And then also Thibodeau, their top player that's maybe going to be the top player in the draft, also got ejected. So you got to factor in that, but still they lost. We don't, Ohio State, I don't know that they can go on a, a run like they like 2014. They looked awful at the beginning of the year. It's kind of a little past the beginning of the year now. And then they ended up becoming the best team in the country, by, bar none. I mean, they, the way they did to Alabama and Oregon in the college football playoff that year, I don't think that we're going to see a repeat of that. But it is just a clear separation after those two at Alabama and Georgia. You just really have no clue who it is. And that's sort of, we don't really know. It's just, it's just like you could throw everybody up right now, particularly. Particularly in the West, because you don't know how Auburn's going to look. They look pretty good against a LSU team that we don't know anything really what's going on. I'll tell you what, guys. Kentucky. There was a lot of people that were really buying into them preseason, and I, I love what I'm seeing from those guys. They could probably be the second best team in the SEC East right now. I know that they beat Florida, and things could Florida could end up doing. Either really good or really good, for, really bad from that. Who knows? You never know from a Dan Mullen coach team. But it's crazy to think right now that Kentucky could be the, the like third or fourth best team in the East, and there were or in the SEC overall. And there were people that were saying that would happen. Yeah,
2: and it's because of their schedule. Look, they got LSU next Saturday, but that's that's all they really got. left. I mean, as far as teams that you know are really tough in Georgia, so. They could go 11 and one. I mean, they got, okay, they got LSU, Georgia, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, then Louisville. You tell me on that, on that's the way Kentucky's playing their defense took Mark Stoops nine years to get to this point. Okay. Sam Pittman's ahead of that curve. I think, you know, when, when I saw Kentucky going nine and three by a lot of you know, national media analysts, I'm like, get out of here with that. But it's going to happen. <laughs> At this yeah. point, they could lose three of their conference games and still go nine and three, but they're likely ten and two, maybe eleven and one.
0: You you look at all these SEC schools and all the quarterbacks that that they don't know. You know, every team you look at Texas A and M, you look at Florida, you look at all the big time schools that are having quarterback controversies, and they don't know their identity. I think that has a lot to do with you don't know what team you're going to get, especially like when you look at Mississippi State and in Mike Leach's offense he might come out and throw for 400 yards and win a game but then they can also come out and throw for 200 and get blown out you know it just you never know what you're going to get and I think a lot of it was the quarterback turnover from last year and you just don't have that continuity when it comes to having that guy run your offense and plus we haven't seen a lot of good teams with defenses spread out so when it's a team has an elite defense like Georgia and they're shutting teams out it's it's like the coaches they don't know how to really game plan once they get hit in the mouth
1: yeah it's it seems like that the SEC uh, really, just college football in general. It's so hard. And Kevin, you know, with us covering high school ball every week, just the stats that we've been seeing these these quarterbacks with consistently with four or five hundred plus yards, these running backs with two yeah. or three hundred plus yards. Yeah, it is just that that makes you thankful to have a guy like Barry Odom who has has done a, a pretty good job, particularly with what we've had shutting down teams in, in certain cases. Look at Mississippi State game last year, the Ole Miss game next year, or, or next week, uh, and then, like, what he was able to do against them last year. And so there's so many different cases where you look at where it's just like there's there's people, especially the old schoolers, that complain a lot about how it's just all offense. And some people love that. Some people don't. So, But, you know, that just, again, makes you extremely happy and thankful to have a guy like Barry Odom. And let me tell you who else does a great job at what they do, and that's our friends at A-Plus Insurance. They have you covered for your home, business, auto life, and recreational policies. Check them out on Facebook at A-Plus Insurance Center. Visit their office at 312 West Commercial Street in Ozark, or contact Marcus Barry or Melinda Gregory at 479-667-3626. That's 479-667- 3626. A-Plus Insurance Center in Ozark. are arkansas and so yeah i mean that's pretty much oh we got guys i know that you wanted to bring up something else kevin and i was going to get just an early preview of how you think this is looking for two i I think i saw somebody mention the roadkill bowl on uh, facebook is scrolling on saturday night and uh, this (laughs) is going to be the roadkill bowl between two teams that just got pummeled by the aforementioned top teams in the country alabama and georgia yeah it's the
2: ptsd bowl
1: yeah, yep. that, that one way, too. The PTSD, the, the yep. roadkill, yeah. yeah, whatever you want to call it.
2: What I wanted to bring up goes into next week. So, look, looking at the the offense yesterday, and you talked about Kendall Browse, and, and he can't control starting first and 15, first and 20 inside your 10 yard line. Yeah. He can't control that stuff. So, but the two things I saw yesterday were us being able to control the ball and, and Traylon Smith. You know, with a stable of running backs like we have, hasn't – and he's done good, but he hasn't had the explosiveness like I've really seen in, in Georgia and covered every gap zone lane you could do yesterday on Saturday. But A.J. Green and Rocket Sanders, I think, give us the best shot going forward in the pass game and the run game. I thought Traylon Smith was going to catch a lot more balls out of the backfield. A.J. Green has proven he could do that and get yardage. But I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on that if those two see a lot more carries down the stretch.
1: I think so. I think you're – go ahead, Kyle. No, uh, yeah, I was, I mean, I was just going to answer it plain and simple. Yeah, I do think so. Rocket did a lot of good things. And A.J., with that speed that he has, it's, you can't coach that. And so, you know, the, with, with the way that they have – I definitely think – you know, Traylon's been really good. Um, but this year, I know that he played pretty good against Texas, but – I don't know. I feel like that they've they've recruited well in many ways, but these two in particular, what they've been able to do, just as as first year guys, we didn't really expect. I know that AJ Green coming in, when especially when he signed, that we thought that he would have an immediate impact. But then when Rocket got the number two spot, we were kind of wondering how how deep it would go after that. And then overall, outside of the Georgia game, you've had four guys that have contributed really well and so contributed really well. And so yeah, I definitely think that we could see both of those guys get more carries.
0: Also, another thing is I, this is the first game where they haven't been able just to run the ball on somebody. You know, they've been able to use that running attack and running attack to to pound the other team. And then they run into this situation in Georgia. I think it's kind of opened their eyes up where, all right, we're going to have to get a little bit more balanced. And we're not saying that K.J. has to throw for 300, 400 yards a game. But, you know, what Rocket Sanders, you know, we, 22 receiving yards and 22 yards on the ground, you know, he showed that he can be that balanced back that you're going to need. Because, you know, again, we haven't seen much out of the tight end. So if you can u- utilize one of your running backs to where – you can start utilizing him maybe in the backfield, throwing out of the backfield or put him in the slot to give them another option at receiving. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more things open up leading up down the stretch because they're going to have to change something up because if teams start just loading the box on them and dropping a few people back and, you know, KJ's only going eight for 13, so he threw 13 passes the whole game. So, you know, if they're just going to count on maybe I will give them one big play, and we'll just shut them down the rest of the game. They're going to have to find something to mix things up.
2: And here's what here's what I didn't really understand. And they didn't do it till after halftime, and they're down twenty seven points. The last two games against Georgia Southern and Texas A and know at one point uh, during one of the games on first down we were six of seven for two hundred yards and a touchdown. We weren't throwing the ball on first down like we had the first two games. And they said after halftime, yeah, we're going to throw the ball more on first down. Well, no kidding. You got to. You're down 27 points at this point. So, I think they mixed that in some. Plus, knowing Ole Miss's defense has some deficiencies. We know that. They know that. So, I think the key to being balanced is getting those running backs involved more in the passing game. Uh, I still don't think we've seen a screen. Plus, you're going to have to have a receiver get uh, more involved besides – Traylon Burks because they're going to bracket him all day long they're going to have a man on him and over the top we saw it on Saturday against Georgia Uh, great point what you said Porter. you know no tight end has been uh, available to be seen outside of blocking you know receiving tight end doesn't exist on this team right now so getting other people involved besides Traylon Burks is imperative moving forward
0: yeah we're going to have to Kevin or go ahead Porter go ahead well, Kevin, you know, we've seen what happened yesterday with, with Kern dropping those passes. I mean, even with you did get some separation there, you got to have that. But to your point about the defense, I think they needed to get K.J. set in to see just how fast that defense was coming out of him because you start off with a play-action pass right off the bat and they come up, cause a fumble, get his quick 7 nothing score before you even get your offense set. And I just think, one, that – I don't know if they underestimated just how good Georgia's defense was, but they just come at them so fast that you try to start your run game and then you didn't see that anything was working. Georgia kind of let off a little bit, so you could kind of work on your passing game.
1: Yeah, and that's really disappointing. We talked about at the end of the segment last week about Blake Kern and just making freshman mistakes and really – that was just from penalties and not catching basically gimme balls that's very disappointing because he's been pretty much our only guy that has been producing whatsoever blocking even last year receiving and so looks like we're going to have to wait till 2022 2023 to get uh <laughs> yeah. see if we can get any more production because we've got a lot that are committed right now but they're just not on campus and so I'm very curious to see what we do offensively against Ole Miss but I'm also very curious to see what Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin will throw at us like they did, or compared to the opposite of what they did last season. You know they're going to be extremely pissed off, but we'll get into that on Friday's show. Uh, again, as always, we'll have a analyst from the opposing team this week, of course, Ole Miss. So look forward to that preview, and uh, up next we will recap Week Five of Arkansas high school football with Scorebook Lives. Nate Olson he comes back I guess for the third time this year, and so don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Hog Talk podcast, part of Believe Podcast and the Buzz Radio Network. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. We're back on episode 220 of the Hog Talk podcast. Kyle Sutherland here with you, and we now go to the Workman's Travel Center hotline where we're joined once again by Nate Olson of Scorebook Live. Nate, good to talk with you again. I know that in the second week of conference play, we found out, I guess you could say, a few answers, but still plenty to be answered, and uh, we'll get into the 7A here in just a second. But uh, another great week of football, and and we're already halfway, I guess over halfway uh, to the finish line of the regular season now.
3: Yeah, we Rex and I, Rex Nelson and I were talking on the scoreboard show Friday night that you wait and wait and wait for the season and then it comes. And it seems like the other night we were at the salt bowl, you know, on that Saturday in August. And now the season's more than halfway, halfway over. It goes by fast once you get into it. And it's that's uh that's a bad thing because we, we like it to linger on a little bit, but it's it that's what makes it great because you have that anticipation for so long, and then it happens. And it I think it's been a really good football season so far. I think there's been a, some good surprise teams, and then there's there's been some good storylines. And I think there's going to be some really good developments over the next couple of weeks as we get down into the 8th and ninth, 10th week of the season. That will have some really good storylines to kind of talk about as we move into the playoffs. But you can already kind of see it simmering there and building in some of these these conferences where there's going to be some really interesting things that happen coming up.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't seem that long ago that we had the salt bowl, but it, it's far as much as it does seem. So like just maybe a few days ago, the weather still is, is feeling like summer a lot. So in that regard, I'm definitely yeah. ready for some football weather. I know, like, I think it was yeah. last week or the week before we had some, uh, we were expecting to have some the temperatures in the sixties and seventies, but that didn't happen. It ended up being like the eighties, nineties again. And so yep. hopefully we get that really soon, but in the 7A, wasn't a whole lot of surprises. There was at least for sure one. Um, and then we'll start talking about Fayetteville. I'll mention that they took care of 4-0 Rodgers, 48-13. I know we weren't really sure if that was kind of a mirage for Rodgers, but they're probably right there with Harbor. It's definitely Fayetteville and Bentonville at the top there, and we'll find that. I believe that game's on October 15th. But that 4-0 mark for Rodgers, I know some people were kind of questioning if they were going to be a true contender in Fayetteville, at least for this Week answered that question. Bryant continues on their string of victories. I'm not sure exactly what they – I know they had their 32-game win streak broken by Longview High School, but took care of Little Rock Catholic, 40-13, six interceptions in that game. Harbor got their first victory in a 42-21 defeat over Rogers Heritage. But the big one, Conway – demolishing North Little Rock 38 to 10. I was on the call with this game with Bob White, and it was the first time I had ever done any kind of commentary. And it got to the point, Nate, it was 7 to 3 at halftime, and it got to the point that this one got out of hand fairly quickly, and I really didn't even know what to say. At breaks, I kept telling Bob, man, like, no. you know, you want to be somewhat nice, but at the same time, too, like what? how do you put into words the way that this one is going other than a complete thrashing Garrett Sanders yeah. in the in the second quarter had a 20-yard pick six and after that that put the score at 20 to 3 and con- Conway continued to pour it on from there. Sophomore Donovan Amolo really had a great game. Just was completely poised. Manny Smith, Boogie Carr, great skills, some great skill set players that they have there and Conway really made a statement in the 7A with that victory.
3: First of all, you did a great job on the call. I stayed for the first half and I listened to Parts of the second half, going home back to Bryant, dropping my son JD off, and then going back to the scoreboard show. So you you did a great job of filling time when that game was was not in doubt, which was a lot of it. You did a good job. Uh, secondly, yeah, you bet. And secondly, um, I got a couple of points here, three or four. Uh, so secondly, I thought Randy Sandifer, the North Little Rock coach, made a really good statement, well not good, but a, but an interesting one that I felt the same way when I saw this. And whenever you think something and the coach says it, that you know, that's always interesting that you see the same things that the coach sees. So from I was on the sideline and one of the things that stuck out to me almost immediately was that when North Little Rock got punched in the mouth, you know, these are his words, we didn't know what to do. And, and, and that, and that's what I was thinking. Like they seemed befuddled and shell-shocked when Conway's defense came out very aggressive, Um, thought this game was going to be won in the trenches by North Little Rock, bigger, stronger, nastier, but Conway came out with a chip on their shoulder. And that that's exactly what I was asking myself was like, boy, North Little Rock is kind of getting pushed around. And Randy Sandifer said that was the thing that was the most troubling to him, um, that he said we, we, they came at us and we didn't know what to do or how to respond. And that's one of those things where it hasn't happened much this year, so they didn't really know how they are going to react. And the other thing I said during the pregame on Channel 11 and Tyler Cass was the, the way that Conway wins this game is with turnovers. They forced six at Bentonville. Including a, I think it was a fumble return late in the game to seal it. Also and a pick I six. Said,
1: they had a pick six yeah. and a fumble return in the fourth quarter.
3: Yeah, there was one of those that was like the last scoring play of the game and kind of you know their last score. Uh, but they are opportunistic, and I said I think that's going to be a different. If they win, you'll be able to look that they force them. Well, they forced four, which were huge, uh, but. I liked what I saw from their defense. They they were not intimidated. They weren't they weren't that big. They had a couple big guys in line, but they had a couple linebackers that were real tenacious. And basically what it came down to was they just said in that first quarter, we're gonna be here all night and we're not going anywhere. And they popped them right in the mouth. And North Little Rock kind of took a couple steps back and then offensively. You know things aren't going well at all for Malachi Gober and company. They're not getting a push off the ball on, on the offensive line, and then he's getting knocked out of the game a couple different uh, plays, uh, and couldn't get in the rhythm. And so it it did just the whole the whole thing was a recipe for disaster for them for North Little Rock, and it was it was induced by Conway coming out and saying, "We're here." We're not going anywhere, and we don't care that you're highly ranked. You know, in our poll, number two, a lot of others, number three, we're going to prove that we are, you know, a title contender, and they did it. So I was, I was really impressed, and I also thought that the play – if you go to Scorebook Live and look at the story that we ran, and I think it was on the top 25, you see a picture of Manny Smith climbing the ladder – making a catch on a fourth down play, uh, that was a miraculous catch. It was not a great throw, but he jumped up. He's like, what is he? Five, seven. Yeah. Something like that. Five, six, he climbs the ladder, catches this ball. That's sort of a hail Mary type. They go on to score not going to say that was a turning point of the game, but them getting a score there when it was fourth down and and North little rock really kind of probably felt good about themselves there. Um, That was a that was a defining moment and they scored and they were off to the races and never looked back.
1: Yeah, they kept Malachi Goberg uncomfortable all night. When you mentioned he went out, I really wonder if things I don't Know that it would have. I, I would probably say it wouldn't have made a ma- a major difference. But they were driving, and if they would have scored right there, that could have been a little bit of a turning point where they could have at least stayed in it and then gotten some things going in the second half. But really, all the North Little Rock ha- offense had going, they had a little bit and of the running game, but it was mainly Johnny Lewis over the middle. And once Conway took that away, they had absolutely nothing, yeah. and they were just tipping passes all over the place. And just as I said on on the call, just doing everything exactly the way that they needed to. The offensive and defensive lines moving people around and their skill guys beating North Little Rocks. That's really just what it came down to. So going to be really interesting here. Brian is still the king until somebody knocks him off the mountain, but we were wondering, who is that next one that's going to step up? Will it be Cabot? Will it be Conway? Will it be North Little Rock? Right now, also, we we still got to keep Cabot up there as well, and I don't think North Little Rock is just going to be dead in the water or anything. But right now, Conway no, is no. looking real, no. real strong. And then you move down to the 6A. This is when it gets really interesting, and and they, we we've really praised the 6A West, and I still think that the state champion is going to come out of that conference. But you've got a lot of interesting stuff in the 6AE. Sylvan Hills continues to win, so they're two and zero in the conference. Jonesboro's two and zero in the conference after I believe Jonesboro went winless in non-con play. Eldorado's one and one, but has one of the hottest offenses in the entire state. Benton's two and zero as they welcome Parkview into Panther Stadium on Friday, and then a couple of other ones there. Russellville beat uh, Van Buren; they that ended Van Buren's four and zero streak, got them thirty eight to six, but. Right now, that 6A West is just so – it's so wide open now. I know that Parkview's already beat Greenwood. you got to wonder what they'll do when they're fully healthy. Lake Hamilton is definitely right now the favorite. But Benton, they're scoring a lot of points. I mean, they're seeing, I think they're averaging wow. like around over 50, 55 points per game with Strawn Smith, Casey Johnson, Brandon Johnson, Cam uh, – uh, what's his name? I haven't – Cam Harris. Cam Harris, yeah, Cam Harris. Yeah. I had as one of my players of the week this week, and I forgot his last name for a second. But a lot of offense, and especially a lot of offense in the six A overall. But the East is just like I said, continuing to get more and more interesting right there. And then the West, it's I guess you could say it's wide open too. But I think that there's at yeah. least two or three teams that are legit state title contenders right now, starting with Lake Hamilton.
3: Yeah, Lake Hamilton's defense spoke to me a little bit with how they contained Parkview. And you know their running game is one of their was one of their best defenses also because they can they can control out the clock. Sounds like that was a perfect game for them as far as uh, keeping the, the game was fast and, and they they held the ball a lot uh, the, their defense played good. They, and that's a hostile environment down there. I think Parkview found that out. Uh, they, yeah, they're certainly in the driver's seat. Uh, but I think Benton and Greenwood will have something to say about that. It's going to be funny, you know. They're all going to play each other, and they could all, you know, knock each other off. And so that's that's going to be interesting because if Parkview goes and beats Benton this week, you know. Uh, that would be kind of interesting to see how that all goes. It could just be like a carousel, uh, and then they all beat each other. Uh, I I don't know if if one of those teams can go undefeated or not. You know, Lake Hamilton or Benton, I I don't know. Uh, Benton might have the storm to beat Lake Hamilton because their offense is so strong. Could be kind of like Greenwood last year in that state championship game. They've got their kind of high octane, and they might be able to put the pressure on them, but uh, it those, those that is a great league. And I think, again, the, the championship game is going to be two of those teams. And I think there's going to be a couple teams that are lesser-seeded uh, that are going to win. Uh, Sylvan Hills going 2-0 surprised me a little bit. I think in the East, I think Jonesboro is a team to beat. Uh, I think El Dorado will beat Sylvan Hills. And they may be the two-seed. And I think Jonesboro will beat Sylvan Hills. Have a chance to go undefeated there, so I think I would I would say Jonesboro is a team that if you put money on them to go to a championship game, it would be them. But I don't even know if they can compete with Lake Hamilton, Greenwood, or Benton. I I, I told somebody you know on the Jonesboro radio that that would be a team I think from that league that could compete in there, but I don't know how they would do. Yeah, week in and week out with that schedule. It's it's really difficult.
1: And in the East, too, is a very interesting one. There are only two losses yeah. this year, Little Rock Christian and Cabot in the first two weeks. Dede Johnson learned, yeah. is just having a phenomenal last two weeks, 600 yeah. yards rushing uh, just, I had to look at that again. When I looked at that, I was actually texting with Zach Clark on, on Saturday morning, and I was uh, talking to him about their game or whatnot, and I looked on Max Preps. He had told me that they, they updated the stats, and I saw that DeeDee had 300 yards. I said, wait a second, this has got to be a misprint from last week or something. They, might, they probably just entered it wrong. And sure enough, I go to Twitter, and they're talking all about it. I completely missed that on Friday night. And so two straight oh. games, back-to-back 300 yards, and so – uh, there, that's just another team right there. Of course, I know Daniel Perry hasn't had the numbers. I don't know if Daniel Perry's had maybe an injury issue this year, but I know he hasn't had – he was a Landers Award finalist last year. Hasn't put yeah. up the numbers that he has. I am hasn't have not seen Cersey, so I don't want to make any speculations or anything like that. But plenty of talent there in, in White County. And so in 5A – I like seeing that
3: Clark bouncing back too. Yeah. You know, he uh, – not to cut you off. you Just, no, just you're good. real quick, just that he – had had some tough time at springdale and they it, it's that tough had to, to win to there do now. more with the with the situation than him yeah and i think he's showing right now i mean he would be a guy that you're looking at for coach of the year right now yeah. and, and and maybe they will supersede el dorado and sylvan hills and give uh Jonesboro a run for that it's very possible they they have emerged as a as a, a dark horse
1: yeah no question and down in the 5A, PA, they've gotten back to their winning ways. They thrashed Watson Chapel last week, then went to Texas and beat Jason Witten and Liberty Christian 63-14. to Joe Hyman with another incredible game, also Charlie Pfizer. And then you also, Maumelle got their first conference victory over BB, 35-17. to 17. They're still a very interesting one to me. I know that they've had problems finishing games, but they've had a really tough – I mean, you think about they've – which we'll mention them here in just a second. We'll talk – go in a little bit more in depth on Valonia here in a second. But lost that one 34-32. C.E. Bird, they lost that one by a field goal. I mean, they've had some very close games. That came down to the wire against some really good teams, and so I'm interested to see. We, we mentioned that they play PA on October 15th. That one's going to tell us a whole lot. I think PA right now would win that one, but the way that Momel has gone, and people thought that there was a couple of games in there, they were going to lose by at least two touchdowns, and we're still able to make something happen. That would make the 5A West or 5A Central extremely interesting, uh, even more so yeah. now with Whitehall beating Little Rock Christian in a defensive battle, 14 to 10. And there's also another one in there. Greenbrier, right now they're five and zero. They've they've beaten. I know that you mentioned last week, and I completely agree that you can only play the schedule that you're given. Now you look at it. I'm not really quite sure how good Greenbrier is at five and zero, at least in terms of competing for state titles or anything like that. But they've done what they've had to do. They've had a job at. They've had a task at hand. They've taken care of all five victories. But the one that I am extremely curious about as the season continues to go along, Valonia. They humbled Farmington 57-28, to 28, scored 28 points in the first half. Austin Myers, another incredible game, 500-plus yards, seven touchdowns. Cannon Bartlett, 203 receiving yards. Jamison Hensley, also 200 yards. I mean, These guys are putting up P.A. numbers. And there's been a lot of questions of who is going to compete with P.A. offensively. Right now, uh, is proving to me that they probably can at this point. I don't know that there is any yeah. other team that can, but r- right now, Valonia seems to be. Everybody's been crowning PA continuously as they have earned that right until somebody just kind of like Bryant in the 7A until somebody knocks them off the mountain. But right now, Valonia's looking really good like they could compete with them.
3: Well, I'll, I'll give you my thought on PA in a second, but with Valonia, Myers Austin Myers is the best quarterback you haven't heard of. Uh, that, that guy is... 6'3, 6'4, 190. He's an all state basketball player, tremendous athlete. Already been offered by Kansas and Middle Tennessee State. I suspect that he'll be offered by some Big 12 and SEC schools before it's all said and done. I think the, the verdict was still out on him a little bit, certainly after that performance the other night. You know, seven touchdowns, over 500 yards. So you've got a guy like him, he's a senior. You've got three or four weapons around him. I think their defense is adequate, but I think in a PA situation, and that's not what the point I was going to make on PA. Do that in a minute, but they they could they could go shot for shot with them, and and their defense may be a little bit better than PA's. But yeah, this is definitely a team to watch. I I think they they proved that early on. But I like Myers. I think he's a Division one quarterback. Whenever you have a guy like that especially like in the 5A, that's going to give you a leg up, I, I think. And I think you're just going to hear more and more about him. But he, he is one of the better players you haven't heard of right now. By the end of the year, I think his stock is way, way high. Yeah. Now, going back to PA, uh, I want to see how they do against Whitehall. We're going to see that this week, I believe, down in in Whitehall. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big matchup. And their, their defense has been locked down. They uh, only given up – they gave up 13 points to Parkview, which is their lowest, and, uh, you know, controlled them and, and that vaunted running game. And then this week against Little Rock Christian held them in check and, and beat them. So I, I think they, they're senior laden on that defensive uh, unit. And Bobby Bowling told me, you know, before the Parkview game – we know these guys are going to be in the right spot. We just got to make the plays. Uh, well, you know, that was against Parkview. So they did it there. They did it against Christian. Can they do it against PA? I, they might be the best defense PA seen other than over in Lipscomb. So the, the the thing about Whitehall is I don't think they have the firepower to go, you know, drive for drive like Valonia would, you know, but maybe they can get a couple of stops and, and and get PA in an uncomfortable situation where they are backed up in their own end and have to make that tough decision to go for it on fourth and twelve, you know, on their own 10 and stuff like that. I think they're very capable of that if you do that and you score a couple cheap touchdowns, that's how you beat them. But I, I think that defense is definitely worthy enough to slow down when you when you talk about how they played against Parkview and Little Rock Christian.
1: Yeah, Whitehall's going to – I think that that matchup with Little Rock Christian was definitely better for them because Little Rock Christian has a great run game with Javine Dyer-Jones and and Brian Giddens. But, yeah, like you said, that was one thing about the Madison the Madison Ridgeland game when they came in from Mississippi is they had a great offense running and throwing the ball, but really PA just was dominant on defense that night and got more stops. They had nine sacks. And so if Whitehall can play typical Bobby Boulding ball and, and run the ball and, and keep possession and get those defensive stops, like you mentioned, then they'll definitely have a chance. But uh, I am yeah. really interesting if Valonia and PA happen to meet in the playoffs, you talked about an Austin Myers, I completely agree with you, very underrated player and Cannon Bartlett and Jamison Hensley are also two players at receiver that are making a big name for yeah. themselves. And so yep. uh, a lot of good stuff there in the 5A. A lot of a uh, lot of good questions to be answered in terms of that because we've been trying to figure out who – can Little Rock Christian continue? I know that last year PA beat them both pretty bad in the regular season and then also in the state championship game. But yeah. uh, Bologna could be that they've, they're, I think – at like 30, between 30 and 35 seniors on that team. And a lot of them have played plenty, pretty yeah. extensively. So uh, a yeah, lot of, a like lot of Todd good talent Langell,
3: there. Like Todd Langle, the coach there too. He, he's yeah. been there for a while. And then the other thing, uh, was little rock Christian, probably go back to the drawing board a little bit on some of the things they've done the last couple of weeks. To, they've kind of been, you know, stymied a little bit by mommel and PA. So, you know, I know Coach Koyu, they were really rolling along there for a while. There are probably some things they need to tweak, and they will yeah. to get ready for PA in a couple of weeks. And then Greenbrier, the thing I like about them is a quarterback, Wilcox. He, he can run the ball, throw the ball. He's a senior, I believe. Uh, he's at least a junior. But he he he's put up some ungodly stats, too. And I think he's what's making them go. And so that's why I like him a lot. And why I like Greenbrier this they'll we'll find out here soon in the teeth of the five, a West schedule, but I do think they're for real. And I, I think they can contend there. And, uh, I like Randy Tribble. He's been there a long time, good coach. And, uh, they're, they're, they're certainly passing the test so far, but they have yet to play anybody that's really, really good, but we'll find out. We'll find out a lot about them over the next couple of weeks.
1: Moving down, Joe T. Robinson separated itself in the 7-4A, crushing Archadelphia, fifty-six to twenty-eight. So it seems like them, Warren Stuttgart and Shiloh Christian, are and which Warren Stuttgart and Shiloh Christian also won pretty big. So the four top dogs there in the four A, as we expected. Now I know that it was kind of up in the air of who was going to get that big win in the 7-4A. And because right now I think most people would probably have Joe T. Now at the four spot, which Arcadelphia would have been in that position had they would have won the game, but definitely a great bounce back from the big loss that they had against PA in week zero. And I've still got a lot of questions in the two four a with Mills having another dominating victory over a down CAC team, sixty to sixteen. They advanced to five and zero. Lone Oak advanced to five and zero, beating Bald Knob fourteen to nothing. And Lone Oak and Mills will play each other in Little Rock on October fifteenth. And Mills plays yeah. Stuttgart the following week. Lone Oak doesn't have to play Stuttgart till week nine. So Mills is we're going to find out a lot about them. We talk, we mentioned them last week, and, and a, a very mm-hmm. enticing team with all the athletes that they have over the next couple of weeks. I think they've actually got Clinton this week, who uh, they've got a few good guys, but I, I think they should be able to take care of them. But particularly on October fifteenth and the twenty second, we're going to find out a lot about Mills.
3: Yeah, they they, they are. I played well, but kind of like with Greenbrier, you know, they'll get tested more in this league. Uh, I watched the Stuttgart game against Heber Springs. I watched the first quarter of it. I taped it and watched it. And really, no contest there. Uh, I, I saw uh, some comments made, you know, by the coach before the game about well, they really needed to tweak some things in uh, Coach Price, and I think they did that. You know, it was before the game talking about. We didn't play so good against Southside. Then uh, watch that game; it really looked like they did correct some stuff. That they came out more prepared. So I feel pretty good about them in that league. They're going to be hard to upend. Looking ahead as far as the playoffs go, and and really kind of like with what you do in Brian Seven A. Who who can beat Shiloh? You know that's. That's kind of what I'm looking at because I've put it a couple different times in my ranking descriptions that I don't know if anybody will even test them. I like, don't
1: think so either.
3: I don't I don't I am trying to find out who could do that. Right now out of that group you mentioned, Stuttgart, Warren and Robinson, I like Robinson chance, Robinson's chances the most because they've got a high octane offense and I think their defense could get some stops against shiloh uh but i i think their offense is is uh, is potent enough to score on shiloh and maybe put some pressure on them but even then i i don't know that i'd go on a limb and say they beat them and it, it may even be a 55 28 game you know uh because i just think shiloh is that good but I, w- when somebody is that good you're looking at Who could do it? Warren is another one. I give, you know, Warren blew out Stuttgart. Mm -hmm. So Warren is a a team that usually has a lot of athletes on offense and defense that can, you know, that can uh, get some stops, put up some points. But but I really like how Robinson's playing. They responded. After getting blown out by PA, they played good football. And and now you've got to consider them probably the heavy favorite to win that league, which means they'll have a good playoff seating and path to to get real far, maybe be on the opposite side of Shiloh.
1: Yeah, that was about the worst I, I've ever seen Robinson look, and I know that they were replacing a lot. They just really weren't sure what they were going to do at quarterback. I know uh, Cleveland played a little bit, Kai Wright played a little bit, and so they just they looked a little bit out of shape too, to me. Uh, I know they that, did. Yeah, yeah I, they, I
3: agree with you.
1: Yeah, and so it was a lot it
3: didn't look very good. Yeah,
1: sure. just but you know that's the thing is it happened in week zero and they got things figured out pretty quick. And so, well so as yeah. we close it out here in the three A, or did you have something? I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So in the 3A Boonville, uh, they went down to Thompson, Texas, right there on the Louisiana line. They took they took it on the chin pretty hard, 57 to 40. But got to admire that's going to really help them a lot as we get further on into the season, into the playoffs, playing a team of that caliber, a very good 2A team out of the state of Texas. And they didn't have, they could have sat at home and maybe gone to another game this week, but they, they went and competed. And so hats off to them and, um, you know, put up 40 on a good Thompson team. I'm not really sure how much of that might have been yeah. garbage time but nonetheless uh, that was a i think a great thing that they were able to to set up and, and head to texas and so the big matchup this week nate is center point at prescott um in that conference and so i you know prescott to me is kind of in in that five three a that i think that they're definitely going to run away with that i, I I like center point, but I just don't know that really anybody can hang with at least particularly in that conference. I I haven't seen enough to say the entire state, but Prescott was really, really good last year, and they seem to be even better this year. They're scoring all kinds of points on people. I really like them the most in the 3A right now.
3: Yeah, you know, the opener, they played Newport uh, at War Memorial Stadium. It wasn't even close. Newport we thought would have a pretty good team and they just outclassed them from beginning to end. And one of the, you know, the Newport radio people told me, said, they they're loaded and that they've got, they've got talent and, and some division one talent on that team. I, I don't think anybody will touch them. I, I think they're going to cruise um, and, and probably win a state championship. If, if they don't, you know, they're not too overconfident. I I think they run away with this ball game. I think they've got too much team speed um, for center point. And I I think they'll, uh, I think they'll roll past them. It's they, they've that's a good football town and they have good teams there. And this might be one of those teams. that's just really, really, I mean, one of their better teams they've had. Uh, it, It sounds like it is with, with a lot of the talent. So Three A is going to have, I think Three A is going to have a hard time keeping up with them.
1: Yeah, and just not really, not to discredit them by any means, but not a lot going on in Two A this week. McCrory took care of business. Desarc took care of business. I know that some are still. I know P- uh, Poen had a really good year last year. They've had a few losses. They squeaked by Dirks thirty to twenty eight. Gurdon, forty eight to six over Hampton. Then four dice twenty eight to twelve. Over Carlisle. So I think really right now, Nate, that that's, it's still last year, pretty much what we thought that it was going to, the teams that were good last year, and then coming into this year, Fordyce, Gurdon, Desarc, and then also, um, and then also McCrory, you know, so we weren't really sure. And McCrory did take that loss to 3A. Baptist prep, but those are definitely yep. the four right now that, you know, really just don't really they kind of have to get to the playoffs. And you definitely can't count out Clarendon either, even though Dak. I was Dax just going to mention yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Dax Courtney went out, but they've still got Quincy McAdoo. Mark Courtney doing a good job there in his first season. And so yeah. you can't count them out either. The
3: Desert Clarendon game is in a couple of weeks. I and mean, that'll really tell you, you know, they had a narrow loss to McCrory. Uh, they beat Ford dice. I like him with McAdoo. You know, he does everything. I'm about to do a, a publish a big story on him. He's a great kid. And, you know, Courtney said he does about everything except pop the, or he said, pops the popcorn, drives the bus. So he pretty much <laughs> does everything for him. Um, and, and oh, you've got a guy like that. That's a division one, uh, big time player playing all those positions. And that helps. It definitely would help him if Dax Courtney hadn't got injured. I, I, yeah. I think you'd, definitely swing the pendulum their way then but i i still think clarendon can get to the state championship game i i think it's going to be easier for them if they can beat Desark and have a, a higher seed but with courtney's experience he's a great coach and uh you know mcadoo said we, that's the guy we wanted when we found out that coach meek was leaving we wanted him and they've responded and they've had a good year so that That'll be interesting to see how that game goes, and and that will kind of determine maybe a little bit how the postseason could go for Clarendon as well.
1: No question. So that'll do it for the Week 5 recap. Looking forward to another great one. It's just going by way too fast. Hopefully it'll slow down just it a little is. bit. but. Nate, always good talking to you, man. Uh, we will have a pretty big announcement uh, with him and myself as we get into the week here and get a few more things worked out. But excited to uh, to make a big announcement as the week goes along, and we should know by about mid to uh, to late next week what that is. And so, well, that'll do it for episode 220 of the Hog Talk podcast. Again, my name is Kyle Sutherland. This show was presented to you by Bet Online. Stay safe, stay cool, and go hogs. We'll see you on Friday.